Kim Ang is having a stunning week as Marlins GM. Not only have they got the new skipper in, Skip Schumacher, but also new assistant GM, Oz Oscampo. Uh, plus, the Dominican Republic international site is now officially open. The Marlins have had a great week, both at home and internationally. Plus, we're going to dig into Lewin Diaz, all on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, of course, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Don't forget the underscore. No TikToks, no Instas. Too old? If you are listening, hit subscribe. Pods are available pretty much daily, five episodes a week in the main. However, those listening will, will realize and be thinking, Pete, where was Friday's episode and why is there a Saturday episode? Ah, firstly, me and the wife... You know, we get, things got a little a bit out of hand on a Friday. I was off work. One cocktail turned into 10. So here we are Saturday morning and I'm feeling ropey, it's fair to say. Nevertheless, hit subscribe to the pod. If you are watching on YouTube, you will see I am looking hungover. <laughs> and also those listening, there is a YouTube channel. Hit subscribe there. Reminder, it's a daily pod, Locked on Marlins, available everywhere. Thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. This probably will be your first listen because it is going out early on Saturday particularly for our U.S. listeners. Some may be, some may be waking up um, after having a lie-in, perhaps, with the Philadelphia Phillies taking a one-game lead in the World Series. And who else but JT Riamuto with a huge home run in the 10th inning. The Phils come all the way back from 5-0 down in that game, taking it 6-5. Stunning win for the Phils. All this talk about... Offenses are cold because there's too many off days. The offenses look fine. They look fine. So let's put that, let's put that to bed. Let's go back to the early, earlier in the postseason. Let's put that to bed. The Braves were just terrible, as were the Dodgers, and they got beat. It is what it is. That's baseball, baby. Nothing wrong with the postseason. Drama is good. And listen, game one, if this is how the World Series is going to play out, this should be a stunner. Absolutely looking forward to it. Of course, as Marlins fans, we continue to feel the pain. We do. We we <laughs> we see Ria Muto doing what he's doing in huge spots. Oh boy! And we just reflect on what could have been with Sixto Sanchez. Did the Marlins need another pitcher? Did they need one? I'm not sure they did. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then, and obviously new guys have come into the organization. Few have emerged, etc. But yeah, this trade continues to haunt the Marlins, as did uh, the Christian Yelich deal. I guess Yelich now was kind of fizzled and, and, and flamed, but he had his moment in the sun. And I do wonder, is this Riamuto's moment in the sun where, again, more pain is layered onto us Marlins fans? I don't know. Nevertheless, stunning game one. Uh, let's hope this goes seven. <laughs> let's hope it does. I fear for the UK fans, though, however, because, I mean, this was finishing, I think this was like past 5 a.m. UK time. And there was a great event down in, in London I saw. Uh, Chase Utley was there. Chase Utley in uh, in attendance down there doing some uh, doing some work, I think, for MLB Europe. So Chase Utley in the mix. UK fans all watching live. 
and it was past five o'clock, bat flips and nerds putting out videos, people cheering, still drinking pints. Looks wild. Great to see. Great to see. Um, you know, and I hope that continues. But I do fear for the UK fans. That is not sustainable. I can I can confirm it. 5 a.m., 6 a.m. specials, drinking beer every night. Unsustainable. Those boys are going to be feeling it today. Nevertheless, let's get into this episode specifically. Uh, we've already talked plenty about Skip Schumacher and that hire. Uh, there were rumors uh, circulating that, that uh, the Marlins were, I guess, zeroing in on their new assistant GM, it was. It felt like it was inevitable, and finally the news drops uh, that the Marlins have snagged away one of the Astros guys. Uh, the Astros obviously playing in the World Series right now, but Oz Oz Campo uh, confirmed as the Marlins' assistant GM. And this, on the face of it, feels like a really nice hire for the Marlins. Um, you know, particularly at this moment. Um, you know, yesterday, Friday, the Marlins. Uh, had their official launch party, let's say, or the ceremony or the opening of their new international complex in the Dominican. Uh, Sandy Alcantara there doing, uh, you know, as the main uh, player, clearly. And uh, Bruce Sherman was there. There was some there was some table tennis going on. Bruce taking on, I think it was Eddie Cabrera. Maybe it was Eddie Perez. I'm, I can't recall specifically, but nevertheless, it looked, it looked a competitive game. Bruce Sherman looked to be enjoying himself. And from a Marlins perspective, that complex is state-of-the-art, no doubt. Um, the Marlins have had success in the Dominican. Clearly, Sandy, the face of that, which is great to see. We're going to talk about another Dominican guy a little bit later on the show, and that's Lewin Diaz and what his future may be with the Marlins. But um, it's great to see the Marlins investing internationally. Um, they, It's something that's essential for the fish. It is. like There's too many other teams that have of being able to have a much better track record of these international guys being able to sign and develop these guys. And the Marlins want to create that culture. They want to create a feeling in that region where I want to go to the Marlins complex. I want to be a Marlin and want to join their organization because A, their facilities are amazing and B, they're a top class organization. That is the aspiration. Yes, the big club has suffered, but the Marlins are putting in all the foundations, all of the groundwork to set themselves up for future success. It feels like, you know, it's very much part of Derek Jeter's vibe, creating a sustainable winner. I think I did see something similar in the wording uh, around the, the Skip Schumacher hire. So, you know, clearly some of the Derek Jeter, you know, mantra, uh, vision, strategic vision is carrying over here where, you know, the Marlins know that they have to, they have to create this, this, this conveyor belt of international talent and studs that can feed into the organization and to the big big league club eventually. And that's where Ozos Campo comes in. He has been credited with, you know, being a, a big part of what the Astros were able to do internationally. And we look at their their rotation right now and it's just littered with guys um that that sink back to Oz. Um, you know, I think he's been credited for at least four guys on the roster. Framba Valdez, uh, Luis Garcia, Jose Aquidi, Christian Javier. So a lot of pitching. Uh, you know, I think he was also involved in the trade for Jordan Alvarez, one of the best players in the game right now. So he has a talent. He has, a, he has an ability for identifying talent, international talent. Um, and that is, you know, that is critical for the fish and for Kim to be able to go and get this guy from the Astros that continue to be in a great spot competing um, 
for Kim to go and get this done, I think is sensational from Kim. She's had a great week. You you can't look at it any other way. She's, you know, she's been, she's got her guy with Skip. And who knows how that plays out, but she's committed. She's, you know, they've they've seen what they've seen. Bruce has come in. He's given it the green light too. And she's she's got her guy and got her business done early, let's say, with a guy that maybe people didn't anticipate. Then you go and add to the, the assistant GM. So it's it's the third assistant GM with Ozas Campo, really focused into the international market. They obviously had their new international scouting guy uh, that was last offseason. Now the Dominican uh, complex is open as well. So what a week for the Marlins. What a week in terms of hires. They're getting their business done. They had to because they had so much to get done. But I think this is the perfect timing, not just for Skip, but also for the assistant GM plus the complex opening. All of it ties together absolutely perfectly. And as Marlins fans, you know, we have to be excited for these hires. These are top-level hires. The Cardinals fans didn't want to see Skip go. The Astros guys acknowledge what a nice hire this is. The You know, Kim is being lauded. For these moves, people are applauding Kim, and she really is starting to shape things now into her team and her organization. That's so important. I think it's we have to be careful not to knee-jerk judge Kim because of what's happened at the major league level the last couple of years, when the reality is there's still a long hangover um, from you know Derek Jeter and Mike Hill's vibes, I guess. So we need to we need to trust in Kim. We do this kind of a, this GM role should be seen as a longer term role, not just a three year cycle. But this this will be the third year, and if the team has another what sixty nine win seventy win season, then the pressure will come on Kim in terms of whether it's a renewable contract. So yes, you can get the pieces in place right now. But if things start to go sideways again next season, the pressure will come. No doubt about it. It's going to be another topic area to get into uh, as we get through the offseason. And for now, though, it's time to let you guys know about Bet Online. It's our good, good friends at Bet Online at betonline.net. It's your number one source for betting. Uh, football, you've got football, you've got basketball, you've got the, the, um, the World Series going on. It's all happening right now. Betting. At your fingertips via Bet Online. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They've got live betting, up to the minute scores for every sport out there. That includes, of course, the World Series and MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Love it. Love those graphics, too. Great word from Bet Online. So to summarize, Marlins, Kim, great week. Complex is open. Looks stunning. Sandy is the, the headliner there, but the Marlins players coming in to support that. Bruce Sherman there. Great to see. Um, what a sight. They've added to their, their front office another a well-thought-of assistant GM that specializes in international talent and trying to spot international talent both in terms of free agents, international free agents, but also in terms of trades and being able to spot talent in other systems that can really help. And that, again, is is, is a huge part for the Marlins. Clearly, as they, they embark on trying to beef up the 
you know, the major league club, um, you know, there's there's going to be trades that have to happen. And, you know, it may not be exactly where Ozos Campos' uh, forte specifically fits right now, as they may be targeting guys a little bit higher up in the system, you would imagine. But who knows? Who knows how things go? We will see. Guys, I also wanted to talk about the first base situation. So obviously the site has been uh, announced in the Dominican. One of the Dominican guys that's been playing um, this year heavily at first base, Lewin Diaz. And this is a tough one. Very tough. Lewin Diaz, firstly, he's 25 now. And you, you kind of, you, you forget, you know, as the, you, you kind of see these guys as prospects and you think, Oh, Lewin Diaz is 25? Like, he, he's coming into his prime now, right? He should start to be coming into his prime. Um, overall, my assessment of Lewin, uh, in terms of what, we, what we've seen in 2022, is Lewin, you know, he, he was given many opportunities at the major league level once the deadline came and went. They committed to him after they moved Jesus Aguilar, and he ended up getting 160 at-bats. Um, so a decent chunk of playing time, uh, once the deadline came, when Aguilar was DFA'd. So the Marlins gave him every chance. Here's the first thing. Glove, sensational. We know that the glove is wonderful at first base. However, that cannot carry him at all. Even the glove at shortstop for Miguel Rojas, even that can't carry Miguel Rojas in, in, in many people's minds. So yes, shortstop, the defense, the, the defensive, I guess, capability there and uh, what he adds to the team is is sizable. At first base, it just isn't as sizable and the value is not as great. So let's call it out right now. The glove is amazing, but you can't base any decisions on that because that alone is not enough. It's not enough at shortstop anymore. And it's certainly not enough at first base. At first base, what do we need? We need power. We need power. No doubt about it. That We have to we have to get the traditional, the prototypical power from first base. Lewin Diaz this year, five home runs. Uh, previous year, uh, I think there was eight home runs in, in his previous stint in 2021. And it was, he was definitely hurt by the shift. And I think this is the the interesting wrinkle for, for some of these guys, particularly Blade, Lewin Diaz too, those two in particular that really spring to mind of these Marlins prospects that came up and, and played. There was so many outs to that guy in shallow right shifting over from, from third. So many. And when we are looking at, at players for next year, we do have to have to have that kind of sight or that eye to the rule changes. The, the shift in effectively is that, that type of shifting um, won't be allowed. Unless, of course... Teams decide, actually, what we'll do is we'll bring the left fielder over and drop them in a shallow right and change, start to shift the, the outfield alignment. Could that happen? Because Lewin and J.J. Blade were just getting swallowed up with balls there. Like, it was just constant. These grounders, you know, pretty hard-hit grounders, but into that shallow right shift um, pretty regularly. That's the thing. How do teams adapt to that? Do they start to go for the kind of effectively like, you know, two-man outfield um, with, you know, then then five effective infielders uh, where the left fielder comes across? I'm intrigued to see the way they do it. Some teams, I'm sure, will get creative with it, uh, particularly if you've got pitchers that, that can, you know, do what they want to do. 
that really does put the pressure on. I mean, there's a lot of this talk of, you know, guys should be able to beat the shift, be able to go up. Like, it's not as easy as that when guys are throwing 100 with ultra movement on it. I get it. Totally get that. The interesting bit, though, was was the how Bryce Harper, I mean, is one of the best players in the game, one of the best hitters in the game, and has been, you know, for the majority of his career. So using Bryce as an example perhaps is a little bit unfair to some of the other guys that maybe don't quite have the, the, the ability or talent of Bryce Harper. Nevertheless, there was a, a good clip on Twitter I saw where it was showing every hit for Bryce Harper in the in the postseason thus far. So many of them, Bryce is looking to, to hit opposite field and drive the ball opposite field. Like, it's kind of, from a zone perspective, he knows. He knows if it's in that zone, that's where he's trying to go. And I think that's so critical and may, and continues to be critical. I'm very intrigued to see, going off on a tangent here, talking about the shift that I didn't expect to. But I think it is important for Lewin Diaz that it does base in, bake into his numbers, that there is a rule change I think would impact him. When we look at his numbers this year, 160 at-bats, 27 hits, five home runs, and hitting 169 with gold glove defense. Is that enough? No, it isn't. It isn't. Um, what happened with Lewin Diaz this year? What's happened with Lewin Diaz within the Marlins organization in his time here? He was seen as one of the top prospects, I would say. One of the guys that we were most hyped about a few years ago. And it feels it feels like because of the way the roster had been constructed, that Lewin Diaz, his growth was stunted. Coop and Aggie blocked him for multiple years. And... Lewin, I don't know, there was that moment where he was forced to drive nine hours and sit on the bench. You know, I was just like, they're treating this guy like a depth player for the organization. Like, they're not treating him like he's a top five organizational prospect. They're not looking after him the way you would expect. That, for me, was a real red flag about the whole relationship and how the Marlins view Lewin Diaz. Maybe... They don't rate him as highly as perhaps us as fans do. We see what he does in, in AAA and he's hitting bombs galore. And you're like, hey, you know, we could use some of this. But maybe the Marlins were right. Maybe the Major League bat just won't play. And that, in reality, is what we've seen. Like, we, we haven't really seen anything from Lewin Diaz to suggest that the stick can play in a... In a everyday role. And this is the problem. Like the Marlins have a real need there now. They've moved on from Aguilar. Um, Garrett Cooper is okay at first base. He's fine, but he's entering his final arb year and he ended the year again on the IL. We know Cooper Loop, you know, benefits from, from spending time dh in. All of a sudden, a position of kind of seeming strength for the Marlins has is, is, is vanished. It has. Lewin Diaz cannot be trusted to be an everyday starter of first base in 2023. He can't. If the Marlins go into the year with Garrett Cooper and Lewin Diaz in, in your first base role, I think they've they've had a poor offseason in, in that spot. Yes, Coop is okay. But again, with Coop, the power stroke is gone as well. Like We're going to dig in him um, next week. And I've been teasing that out for like two weeks now. It's pretty pretty wild. But, you know, we can't. When other teams, other clubs are getting so much production out of first base, the Marlins can't just sit back and say, hey, 10 home runs from, from first base is okay. Like, it isn't. There needs to be more power. Cooper, 
is is fine. He's more, you know, again, kind of talked about Brian Anderson the other day. You know, a few more gaps, the average is there, et cetera, et cetera. But he's not prototypical, Coop. Lewin Diaz is prototypical in in his in his makeup, but unfortunately, he's not been effective. That's the challenge we face with Lewin. We need to work out with the rule changes. Can Lewin start to get on base more? Can he get the average up? And can the power can the power come back and start to play? Because the power's there, no doubt about it. Like he's absolutely legit. But again, the Marlins can't do that. So what are they going to do at first base? I actually think. They have to go into the free agent market again. And I don't think that's a major risk for them, mainly because you have an expiring deal of Cooper anyway, so you're not going to create the same situation we had a few years ago where you end up like having two dudes trying to split time and it's not optimal. If the Marlins commit to a free agent for, let's say, a two- or three-year deal, um, and let's be honest, their record of free agency recently has been poor. It has, and so it, it'd be risky. However, I do I do believe that Josh Bell is the perfect perfect fit for the Marlins at first base, and I'd like to see them I'd like to see them enter that race and go and try and make a move there. There's a lot of talk. I say a lot of talk. There's some talk on Twitter. Anthony Rizzo to the Marlins. Could you see it happening? Maybe. There's like you know the hometown kid connection and whatever. I never really believe that to be honest with you. And I don't see that, you know, it's not, Rizzo's not looking to retire right now. But I could see, yeah, I could see Rizzo, the Marlins and Rizzo maybe having a conversation, but I do believe that Josh Bell fits the profile better. I do. There's other talks, there's other guys out there maybe. Um, Jose Abreu, I believe, will be a, a free agent. So there's a few guys out there, and plus there's a few probably, you know, some trade options, there's things to do at first base. Um, and again, the Marlins maybe need to be mindful. They don't want to overly block Jacob Berry in the future. It's possible that Berry ends up transitioning over to first base um, because, as we've seen, like it, he's clearly not going to be a major leaguer at third base. So they, you know, it's can you get a defensive position out of him at first, or do you just put that in the bin and just say right, he's a full time DH? You know, I, I think players need to have a little bit more versatility at that age, particularly as a first rounder to come out and go, hey, I can't field, <laughs> can't field any position. Um, and I think that was one of the hangups when they made the call and that made that selection. But Lewin Diaz, I think in summary, overall, has either been mismanaged by the Marlins, and I think I think he has. I also um think that you know the the element of him being blocked hasn't helped. He then has been given an opportunity in the major leagues, and I think the rule changes will help him next year. I think that the Marlins cannot stand pat at first at first base. They have to consider alternatives. I just I just can't see a Garrett Cooper, Lewin Diaz, Platoon being the route, the route forward in 2023 if the Marlins can expect to contend. They have to consider upgrades in that spot, a prototypical first base upgrade. I think Josh Bell fits the brief. I think a few others fit the brief. And maybe the long-term future is Jacob Berry at first base or A another. We'll wait and see. Overall, it's been a very exciting week for the Marlins. Yes, we're not playing in the World Series. We've got some old friends doing bits in the World Series, which is great to see for some. Um, but from a Marlins perspective, they've got their manager in. New GM, assistant GM, and also the international complex in the Dominican looks wonderful and is officially open. With that being said, guys, I'm going to wrap this one up. 
Saturday's episode of Locked On Islands. Yes, a bonus episode on Saturday with me, hung over to hell. But, of course, it's your host, Peter Pratt. I'll be back next week. Definitely Sean Barrett is back from his trip and his holiday. So Sean's on. We're going to be talking some Garrett Cooper. Also, those were thinking, where's Craig Mish? Well, again, that, that was my fault from yesterday where cocktails got going. I said to Craig, listen, let's hit the pause button until early next week. I don't want us going off on tangents, me steering a ship with a load of beers on board and getting anyone else blocked. We don't want any more blockings going on. So me and Craig, for certain, will be in next week, uh, early part of next week. And also, uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about the future here of of, of Craig with, with me on lockdown. There's always a spot for Craig um, and uh, and what it means for swings and, miss- mi- uh, swings and misses. Hard to say on Saturday morning. Nevertheless, guys, thanks for joining me today and all of the week. I hope you've enjoyed all of the content, the coverage from a busy week of Marlin's activity. Be back next week.